0: Motherfucking live. Been a minute. It has
1: been a minute. <laughs> it's it's weird. Also, like it's been long enough, and now I'm not sitting next to you.
0: Yeah, sounds like it though.
1: <laughs> it does. It I I, I am like in love.
0: Donut?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Our our third or fourth remote show, and we've used different technology and different software every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're big kids now.
1: Yeah, damn right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Love it. We're not we're not the ones that sound shitty on our own remote version of our podcast
1: god isn't that the best although i do i do think that's very apropos of us that we'll still let the guests sound better than us
0: right for sure <laughs> but we decided to do like the full dive in r&d how the fuck do you do this and we really kitted ourselves out we got some fancy schwancy equipment and software on multiple levels and i think i think we got a pretty good thing going here you guys let us know when you listen to this
1: this is by far and away the best rough draft that we've written thus far.
0: Yeah, i i think, I think we cracked it. I think we here cracked we go. It. And hey, Fingers we're already crossed.
1: home. <laughs> let's let's jinx it right off the bat.
0: Oh man, I feel I'm feeling I'm feeling cocky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I kind of always am. I'm like, fuck it, it'll, we'll figure it right? out.
0: Right, <laughs> eat shit, Cthulhu. We got this.
1: Or come hang out. Like you seem pretty cool.
0: Right, man. He could put you a know, couple
1: a <laughs> Cthulhu has to has to pause on the the murder of all worlds because he wants to have some beverages with us. <laughs> right, I'm down. I'm down.
0: Hang <laughs> on, guys. I want to drink some agaves with these two dudes.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, man, what do you what do you oh. got over there in your house?
0: Man, I got a whole mess of agaves. We decided to be maybe a little more on point because we sort of have been all over the place with our consumption with our guests in recent months. So we decided, should we do mezcal? Should we do agaves? We decided let's just do agaves. So I'm currently sipping or I'm going to start out with the last meal pass. It's from Del McGay. It is uh, the, I had a few nice bottles at my birthday party in November. Uh, I had just like a sipping bourbon and a sipping mezcal in addition to the assortment and plethora of other boozes on offer for guests, and this was the Mezcal that uh, I selected alongside Mr. Rob at Meteor, who was able to procure all the liquors for me and, and make the cocktails for the party. So this was the yeah. very, very last of the bottle. And I told Guam that it's been sitting on my shelf staring at me because it's only got, see here's, here's all of what's left, it's in this glass right now. Oh, that's awesome. I hate when you got a 750 and there's that much left, but I also do enjoy that there was something from this bottle remaining after the party. So I'm going to be drinking that right now.
1: I always trying to try to figure out the, the hard path to follow between both of those things, because I feel like it's just so on point Minnesotan for me to leave a little bit in the bottles. And right. then, you know, it's, it's not gone if there's still one left, uh, <laughs> yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, just fucking finish it. Like make room for something else.
0: Yeah. That's like the, so the infinity bottle is like a sacrifice to the Minnesota Norse gods.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: the infinity bottle.
1: It's the oakfinity bottle. That might have to be the new name. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and in, in perfect form, as we are trying to figure this out, I'm just going to quick shut the door behind me as we are in the middle of laundry. And uh, I can hear that in the background. Right. a little bit. Right. So, Nobody needs to hear my tumbling clothes.
0: I don't hear it, but I believe you. Oh, that was quick too. You were able to just swing right back there. I thought I was going to have to buy some time.
1: No, we're good. I'm on a, this is the best. So my wife, as I've talked about multiple times on the show, is absolutely incredible. And I am currently technically in her home office right now. And this is my first time sitting at her new work desk, which is yeah. height adjustable. It has an ergonomic rolly chair. And wow. I love rolly chairs. Like I love more than any adult should. I love rolly <laughs> They are rolly fun.
0: Rolly, swively, all the above. Yeah, I got exactly. So- So the chair I use here in my home office is from Ikea of all places. And my friends who deal in high level furniture, office furniture and such, I think like to make fun of me behind my back about it. But this particular chair from Ikea has like a really deep scoop in your back and it's got the back is height adjustable. You can click it up like six different levels. So based on my height and my big old Lebanese butt, this thing fits behind me perfectly and it is the most comfortable comfortable computer chair i have ever had
1: i love this chair because it has height adjustable arms and the highest setting is exactly where my elbows naturally bend so i feel like i'm just being supported on all levels
0: cool yeah i is quite nice uh, i work no arms like i don't use arms so that i am more um cognizant of how my posture is at any given time i feel like i I kind of like do the lurch, that weird neck lurch, if I have Ooh. arms, because I end up putting my elbows on it and then kind of crooking my neck forward in an awkward way. So I don't use arms on my chairs. Well, fine then. Yeah. Be that way. It, people need The people needed to know <laughs> that worthless fact.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of worthless facts, uh, I want to update everybody. Our last episode, we were talking about how delicious those Topo Chico hard seltzers are, and they are now yep. for sale here in Minnesota. So uh, I am currently drinking an exotic pineapple, which my wife 100% dubbed erotic pineapple, and uh, yep. it's sexy as fuck. I love this shit.
0: Still haven't tried them, but I'm looking forward to it.
1: I still have a 12-pack waiting for you. <laughs> we just oh, have yeah. to actually see each other in
0: person. <laughs> I will I will drink that with my face. I'm currently uh, drinking... For- <laughs> I was just well, going to quickly add that I'm drinking Guinness alongside agaves, which doesn't make any fucking <laughs> sense, but that's all right, too. That's so awesome, though. Uh,
1: I am on the other end of the agave uh, sort of milieu, and I am crushing a single-barrel pick from Ace Spirits of El Tesoro's Reposado. Uh, this is bottle 211 of 240, and it is incredible.
0: Yeah, they make good it's stuff. it
1: got a lot of delicious sweetness and then it's got a little bit of like that kind of woodsy barrel funk to it. And mm. man, I, this, this might be a, I go back and buy another bottle before it's gone.
0: You want a little spoiler alert for later in this episode? Yes. <laughs> One of the bottles that I selected is drum roll. Oh, nice. Yeah. Remember we, so Hell Millie yeah. brought this beautiful extra jane Um, El Tesoro bottle with the fucking concrete topper and all to record with us. It was one of the bottles that she brought for us. Oh, actually, no, we drank. Yeah, those are so cool. This is the only bottle we drank, but there's a little bit left. And Kwam and I said, well, let's just drink the rest of it together at some point. I was like, technically, this counts. Just you technically, it works. I'll leave a little bit for you the next time (laughs) you're at my house, but I'm gonna take at least one bump of this bad boy.
1: Well, uh, we don't have to do any rundown with any guests, uh, so all I'll do is just shout out to everybody listening. Thank you for, uh, for putting up with us, putting a little hiatus on during the holidays, slash this last little run with Omicron. We're just trying to be as safe as we can, and obviously there's a lot going on with the holidays and all that kind of stuff, and really it right. was trying to figure out how can we do this safely, how can we do this in a smart way, and uh, this new method seems to be what we'll use going forward for when we need to record remotely. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know what, Charles? Here's what Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a bonus shot right now, and I'm going to cheers you with this delicious El Tesoro single barrel.
0: Uh, I'm going to take another bump of this delicious juice as well. All right. We're I feel like home, before we... Mom.
1: Yeah. Before we jump into uh, <laughs> our normal question set, I feel like we should talk a little bit about the contest that we're running because that kind of informed where all of our questions go for this episode.
0: Yeah, I'll touch on that. Um, really, we, we titled this episode after this promotion that we're currently running uh, on social media. If you want to follow along or participate, uh, all the actions occurring on Instagram at Libations for Everyone. So what we decided that we wanted to do uh, is it, what was a way we could affect some change uh, in, in the current landscape of uh, food and beverage service with the fact that things right now are um, obviously not going great again for our friends and, and family in the service industry. So we decided that as a, instead of going out and getting a fistful of gift cards and throwing those into a junk drawer as we ordinarily would, we wanted to try and parlay that effort into having followers, um, friends of the program, uh, make an effort to go out and maybe put out a little extra uh, revenue into that space. And then we would try and double down on their references. So the idea is that you go out, uh, you, you spend some money at a restaurant, you tag them on our post that is currently on Instagram and Facebook, and we will randomly select three people at the end of this week uh, on Sunday, January 30th, that we will uh, fully reimburse up to $250 for whatever purchase they made. So that means they went and had uh, an incredible life-changing meal at Demi and dropped 200 bucks. We got you. If that's who you tagged, we will reimburse you. If you just went and got a couple beers at Surly Brewing Company, awesome. We'll reimburse that as well. So whatever whatever it may be anywhere in that range. And honestly, it's, you're doing it out of the good of your heart. If you're willing to participate, you're doing it because you you want to do it. You want to help. It's been a lot of goodwill. The feedback has been incredible. We've been shared out by RT Ryback, our friend, Stephanie March, Jason Derusha, Justin Sutherland, uh, and many we've, of our friends and various we've restaurants.
1: Talked, we've talked to the show before about how we've had, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of interactions with a lot of like celebrities but yeah. I can't lie, when RT Ryback retweeted it, I was like, that's my guy. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. That's, uh, I used to love running into him at the old Surly Brewing yeah. Company at yep. the original locale. Uh, I used to always see him at the Oktoberfest at yep. Surly Fest. He would at always Surly be Fest. at Surly Fest. So that's actually where I have my one photo uh, with him. Where he's, that's he's awesome. with my friends and RT, and we're holding our giant steins of Surly Fest but what a, what a good dude. And, yeah. um, yeah, that's the, really the, the driving force behind this is, you know, we're out there still spending money the way that we normally do. Uh, we're, it, it's nice to say like we're helping, but they're feeding us, yeah. they're feeding us. Like I, I don't want the focus to go away from the important function that they serve in our communities, wherever you may be. Cause you can, you can be a part of this contest if you're in California, Chicago, I don't care. but the, the point is that they're providing a valuable service to us. And if everybody abandons it at one time, it really hurts Absolutely. like that pinch, that pinch fucking hurts. So we're saying like, okay, maybe right now you're trying to do the right thing and be safe. Fine. Get some gift cards, go get some takeout. Like maybe if you can, if it's within your means, try and keep your habits, you know, plus minus 20% the same as what they would normally be so that we can float these guys and gals, Um, until which time we're back to at least the the form of normal that we knew before these last few months. Yeah. Well, and and also,
1: like, yeah, the contest, like, we're going to have three winners that are going to get reimbursed, but also it's an opportunity to, like, shout out your favorite places. Give them some props. Mm -hmm. Like, it's also nice to let all these restaurants know that we care about them and that we love them and let's celebrate that i can't tell you how many of these people that have responded i'd be like oh shit i haven't been there in forever i do have to go back there you know it's a great reminder for all of the amazing places that we have in this absolutely metro area in the state in this country like there's just so many great places
0: yeah, that's why we're also encouraging you you know you enter on the post you make a comment on the post but story up your food photos and we'll repost all of them which we have been doing and people can see what you're noshing on and if it's something that they want or what you're drinking like if you tag us hashtag it rally for the family we'll pop it up on our feed and people can see what you're eating and and maybe go out and support that place as well
1: <laughs> I love- I love that, my wife. <laughs> my wife needed to come down here, and we have the oldest, creakiest murder basement stairs ever. And I it could didn't just pick up over here. No, it but didn't... it was it was so <laughs> creepy because all I could hear was, brruh, brruh. and I was like, "What is going on?"
0: And I turned oh, around man.
1: and I couldn't see her coming down the stairs yet. And I'm like, "Is there somebody here trying to murder me?"
0: <laughs> this would be this would be a very interesting Dateline episode. <laughs> Zemcaster recorded the murder of a man on a podcast in Minneapolis. Oh,
1: all I know is whatever photo they would use, it would be the worst possible picture of me.
0: For sure. Actually, <laughs> they would they would get away with it because the signal makes it so that you can't make out who
1: they are. <laughs> the, the police said they wanted to catch the killer, but the video lagged too much.
0: <laughs> if only they had fiber internet. Damn it! <laughs>
1: oh god that's amazing oh all right sorry
0: (laughs) well fuck it should we get into some questions let's
1: do it let's fucking do it man uh cheers to everybody and uh let's get back into this first episode of 2022 and couldn't be happier to have a restaurant focused one let's go so cheers everybody
0: that's the good stuff Yeah, let's kick it off. So, Kwam, let's name some unorthodox ways to support small businesses right now. Like, uh, is there anything you've done or would like to do that others should know about, like avenues that they may not consider?
1: Uh, Yeah, I do. Um, One of the things that I've tried to focus on was if I'm going into a meeting and normally I would, you know, bring some munchies from Starbucks or coffees or something like that. I've been trying to go to like a local business and bring stuff in. It's more expensive, but Oh my God, does it go so much farther? And then also, uh, over the holidays, instead of giving like a bullshit gift or a cheap bottle of wine, uh, I went around and grabbed gift cards. Like you don't have to, you don't have to blow your budget like 15 or 20 bucks. If that's what you were going to spend on a bottle of wine, give somebody, you know, 20 bucks to a restaurant or a bar that, that you think that Mm -hmm. they might dig then they're going to go, they're going to get a deal because they're getting 20 bucks for free. But on top of that, they're probably going to spend more. Like it's very rare that I would go out and my tab would be less than $20. So you're reminding people to go out. It's almost like a a subtle way of hinting, like, Hey, go to, go to a bar. And again, like you said, if you don't feel comfortable about that, that's just fine, please. But grab some takeout, you know, let this help feed your family for the night. For sure. Um, those have been kind of the two biggest things is checking myself. And when I would, you know, buy something in bulk at a grocery store or pick something up from like a quick serve, it's been, Hey, okay, what is the point of this? Then how do I make that happen locally instead of, you know, supporting billion dollar companies owned by hedge funds? It's just a small turn. But if we get that going with, Tens of people, dozens of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people, it builds and it just kind of moves in that direction. So off the top of my head, like that's probably the fastest thing. I'd... What about you?
0: In my field, creative and marketing, there's a, a phrase that I use an awful lot with my clients is called additional streams of revenue. And what that usually entails are things like, for instance, with a brewery apparel is a big one so that cool new hoodie at falling knife or that sweet new stemmed glass at prize Brewing company those are additional streams of revenue those are things above and beyond the products and services that businesses already provide that add a little extra uh, lining to their their quarterly figures um, as as they go about doing business so if you are buying takeout from a restaurant and they got like a dope ass hat that you like, that you've been eyeing for a while, picking that up, that can be a difference maker. You got a cool new hat. that will probably last you years. And you just made that business probably 15 bucks. So things like that, I think people should strongly consider if you're looking for, you know, you're like, I mean, I can only eat this much. I got myself the burger and fries. And I mean, I had revival for lunch today. I had a two piece stinking hot chicken and a burger. Like I can't eat more than that. But if on their website they had that value add, like, yo, you want to add a shirt or a tea, a revival shirt to your order? I may have done it. I just, I didn't see that today. But those are things you should seek out, especially if you're um, going to places like uh, breweries. I know, you know, Meteor, former client of mine, they always have cool merch on the walls. They actually have a shirt that we designed from their collaboration with Falling Knife. That stuff always goes a really, really long way. I want to also add something that is a little unorthodox because it's not a way you can help now. It's a way you can help in perpetuity. Here's what I want to say. After the lockdown, when we opened back up, everybody was, it was back in Everyone was like, let's fucking go. Everyone was partying so hard, but everyone went back to the status quo. It only took about a month for everyone to be like, whatever, We're, we're fine. Everything's normal. I had my fun. I want you to remember like right now, close your fucking eyes. I want you to remember what this moment is like right now where it's scary to be out there and it's it's cold weather wise and a lot of your friends don't want to go out because of what's happening in the world and a lot of these restaurants are empty. I want you to remember this time when things normalize again and I want you to hold on to that and make a conscious effort to support businesses to the best of your ability and to have that can-do attitude and like say yes more again i'm not telling you to do anything you're not comfortable with but i know some people right now are regretting not having done more last summer when they had the opportunity to do it and i would just ask that you maybe consider that are you one of those people do you wish you had done more last summer well when things improve and they're going to it's not going to be like this forever remember how you feel right now okay and get out there and like live your life you know if it, if it feels like you could be doing more with your life and and enjoying yourself and you know paying off all your hard work over these many months then do it like get out there and and support businesses and like have fun that's what it's about go have fun with your friends
1: like the uh, late great Eric Draven once said, "It can't rain all the time." Uh, I I also wanted to throw on the uh, with a merch idea. That's also another way of constantly shouting out a place. Like you right. might just think you're throwing on a hat or throwing on a shirt, but the hundreds of people that you walk past every day, somebody might see that and think like, "Oh man, you know, I've been thinking about that place." Or, "Man, I haven't been there in forever." It just helps remind everybody it's just another way of reminding everybody how many great places that we have and wear that shit proudly too
0: yeah it's a really big deal you paid to advertise a place that says a lot to passers-by they're like wow they like that business so much that they paid money to walk around and advertise that business to other people it helps when the the gear is dope when the when the fit is tight but it also is, it, it speaks volumes to people who see that. And I know when I see merch I've designed out in the wild, A, I feel great. Like, wow, I made I tailored a piece of apparel that someone likes so much that they're wearing it out in public, but also for that business. I'm like, that is so cool. They're out here advertising to the world. I like these guys. I paid money for the shirt. I like them so much. I want you to know that I like them too. So just know that people who are associated with these businesses, when they see that like myself kind of smile and nod. I might not walk up to you and be like, I designed that hat. But I might be like, you know, from afar, kind of smiling and nodding. Like, hell yeah, man. Like macho man in his crown.
1: (laughs) I I, like I I, I met my wife working at an Irish pub 10 years ago. And they had great merch. And every now and then I'll walk by somebody wearing a sweatshirt. And it's like an instant connection with a complete stranger. I'd be like, dude, I used to work there and maybe some sometimes they used to work there. Sometimes they're just like, I just sure. love that bar. I'm like, dude, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's, I mean, it's a cool way to connect with people. That's the other thing, you know, it's a, it's like a social, it's like a social handshake. Yeah. If you buy Absolutely. a shirt from a restaurant you really love, like the, you really, really love and you drop that 30 bucks on the shirt or what have you, and you wear it out there and like someone recognizes it. I, In many cases, you want them to. You want someone to be like, what up? I love Revival.
1: Dude, it's it's the best. And and I will just say, I can't promise this for everybody, but uh, as somebody who works for a brewery, a.k.a. Surly Brewing Company, if I'm at a bar and I see somebody rocking some Surly shit, I will buy them a beer 10 times out of 10. Just send one down to them and say, hey, appreciate you. Love that you're rocking it. Like, just wanted to say thank you. No strings attached
0: that's a that's that's a quality rep flex and i'm sure it's happened to a lot of listeners is if you're if it's a especially we're talking about breweries right now yeah if it's a brewery that has got good practices and good good salespeople out in the forest the, the people will do what quam is describing yep. including quam himself so if you see quam in the wild and you're wearing a <laughs> surly hat he's probably gonna buy you a beer and then you can tell him how much you love the podcast
1: <laughs> exactly yes it's perfect <laughs> Oh fuck. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Those are great ideas.
0: There, I'm sure people have many others that they're bringing to mind currently. Just, you know, hold fast to those or tell your friends, post about it. If you post about this episode or something, let your friends know yeah. there are, there are myriad ways. It's not just give me the sandwich, give me the beer. There's so many things we could be doing,
1: but also still give me the sandwich and give me the beer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you need to get that Sammy and that beer. Well, you cheers, my on? brother. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to pour myself something else. I already, I already drank that whole thing. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I guess, uh, that gives me the time to, to ask the question. Um, Charles, what was the last bite that you had in town that took you somewhere wonderful something that like just made you kind of close your eyes and feel that transcendent moment of something delicious, whether it was a, a bite or uh, an entire dish or a sip of a drink. Um, that just kind of stuck with you like you paid your tab you went home and then you're sitting there and you're just like oh man that was so good or you did that a week ago and then you think it back on it and you're like man that place was awesome or that drink was awesome or that dish was amazing like it sticks with you like a song that gets stuck in your head
0: we're fortunate in this community to have so many places and experiences that we can look back on and, you know, close our eyes and smile. I love to, one of the reasons I love using Instagram to the degree that I do is that I can peel through memories. And, you know, when I, I know when I see a photo of something I experienced, it, it helps me to like taste it again. Like, for sure. smell, I could smell it. I could taste it. I can remember what I was wearing, who I was there with, what they were wearing, what we talked about, what we laughed about. That's uh that's important to me. It's, sort of critical to the experience. We're fortunate to be in a time where we can always uh, have a recording, not just mentally, but also in in forms of multimedia, the experiences that we have together. I would say one that really sticks out because there's plenty of them, but one that like really, really sticks out. And this was during that first few months when uh, Marnie and I were fully vaccinated and we were spending a lot of time out in the open eating and dining and drinking and and just, you know, living our lives as we normally do. We went to Demi last summer and they had a foie gras butlewe baklava. Yeah, dude. Yes, absolutely mind-bending. <laughs> it, yes. it was I I can't I couldn't believe how good that was. I I think it's the single best bite I've ever had served to me in the state of Minnesota. That's very that's that's three star level shit. That is real Michelin three star bona fide food. It was so good. Uh, I can't right now tell you all the elements because I'm kind of going off the cuff here. But it is on my Instagram. You could take a look at it. At it came from the sea. You have to scroll down a bit, uh, or I might repost it on our own social media. But it just knocked my fucking socks off it was but lewe with the filo dough and the whole shebang with like super creamy foie gras oh my god it was unbelievable like i wanted to i wanted to go back and have the same meal just so i could get another one of those Ugh. what about you Quam? man
1: i you know i kind of i kind of started jumping all over the place in in mm-hmm. thinking about that you know um my friend Peter Doe and his family opened up uh, like a quick serve um, Vietnamese slash Southeast Asian joint over by the U. Um, and their egg rolls are spectacular. Like the first egg rolls that I've had in a while that gave my love of viet, uh and their egg rolls a run for its money. Yeah. Uh, and everything like it's it's built for college students. Like it's I don't think there's anything on the menu that's more than like 12 bucks. It was it was love spectacular, it. and I loved like seeing his whole family and they're all working together. It was mm-hmm. just, like it felt like even though the the scenery around me, I was very much in a, a quick serve restaurant on a college campus. It made me feel like I was getting a home cooked meal from his fam, and I really I love awesome. that. I still I still talk about the pollo al carbón at Petit Leon. Like Boy, that dish yep. fucked me up. And to this day, that is still the best bite of chicken, not fried chicken, the best bite of chicken I've ever had in my life. Like that dish should be framed and hanging on the wall in the fucking Smithsonian. You
0: just scheduled another pop up for that.
1: Oh, dude, I I will. I will be there. It's it's just unbelievable.
0: It sells out instantly, too. It's impressive. I love it for like a chicken pop up. That's awesome. Yeah, you you know, you know, your shit's good if you can sell out a chicken pop up. Dude, it's
1: wild. And then the other, this is kind of a late entry, but, um, in, in writing that question, I was thinking about like, what has stuck with me? Like, what did I keep mm-hmm. thinking about afterwards? And the Pollo carbon is definitely something that like, I'm still trying to figure out how I would make that at home. But, yeah. um, uh, there's a dude named Ben Jordan, a uh, friend of the podcast, Ashley Hoff told me, uh, about these pop-ups that he's doing with, um with the tres leches guys and they did a a non-alcoholic pop-up and they had a bitter liqueur like a bitter aperitivo that Mm. was like the best campari i've ever had and it's completely non-alcoholic and i sat and rolled that around in my mouth for i don't know 30 seconds or a minute before i swallowed because I was getting all of the different crazy notes in there, and I brought a bottle of it home, and I is have savor that stuff
0: it. you were drinking. That red Correct. bottle, that's non-alcoholic.
1: Yep. That is non-alcoholic. Uh, okay. So I had a non-alcoholic uh, New York Sour and a non-alcoholic Negroni, and then Marco brought out all of their Verjou and then their their aperitivo, and I I was just floored. Because as much as I love to celebrate drinking alcohol and I adore everything about it, it's nice to have non-alcoholic options. Uh, and it shows that people who don't drink can still have a complex cocktail, a complex drink um, that has all of the same flavor components as anything else. You know, Like when I first started bartending, if you didn't want to drink, your options were Coke, Diet Coke, or Sprite. And I'm very, very happy that we're moving in a direction where we're using that same amount of care and that same amount of science to make things that are good to drink that don't involve alcohol. And they're doing one, there's one more pop up coming up. Uh, on as if you Mm -hmm. listen to this episode the week it's posted, there's one more pop up that is coming on the 28th, I believe. Yep, the 28th. So they've
0: been doing this uh, once a week on the weekend? Is that when? They
1: did it every Friday in January. Okay. And I honestly like-
0: I've seen some photos. It looks really interesting. That's for sure.
1: Well, and the technology that Ben is working with, like they can do it with anything. So if you give them a keg of beer, they'll run it through their processes and then they'll give you back the keg of beer non-alcoholic and then they'll give you the the alcohol that was pulled out of it and it's very
0: just cool, cool. yeah super very inventive sounds like marco
1: I, exactly dude they have a they have a they they have a sauna in there that they're using for growing bacterial cultures uh, and funky yeasts and shit it's just awesome everything about it the That's science it. side of my brain was like a little kid on a playground, just like Such "Oh my gross, god!"
0: <laughs> Such a girl sounding sentence on its face.
1: Oh, I, oh, I know. <laughs> but yet, I was like nerding out. Like, there's probably still prints from my nose on the window in there because I was just like <laughs>
0: ramming <laughs> against
1: the glass, both hands.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, I am drinking the El Tesoro now.
1: How how's how's she standing up? Is it still delicious?
0: Let me let me take a sip right now. So good. <laughs> it's I'm so, so jealous good. right now. <laughs> there's like there's there's a very sort of hard to place vanilla caramel aspect to it. It's just so smooth. It's a very sexy beverage.
1: That bottle is so ridiculously good. I just, ugh. And again, like you're right, there's also something incredibly aesthetically pleasing about those bottles. Um, my I, single barrel pick also has that same concrete topper. Like it's, it makes me feel like I'm opening something really cool and valuable when I open that bottle.
0: Oh yeah, you have to open it with intention when you pull that cork out of there. Exactly. And it's heavy enough to knock somebody out with if you whip him. at them
1: yeah if you if you toss that <laughs> one somebody's going down real quick <laughs> <laughs> oh well should we have uh should we have another another shot
0: yes let's do it cheers Beautiful. question number three Let's give some major love to a restaurant that's adept at faithfully translating their dining experience to the takeout model. It takes a crazy amount of skill to pull that off. So I want to have some, give some dap to the places that are so damn good at doing that.
1: Before I answer that question, I just want to let uh, some of our listeners know who have texted me about the Topo Chico hard seltzers. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite part right now about this pineapple is that now that I've had a couple shots of tequila, I just burped, and the burp smelled so good. I was like, I would drink that cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> like when your burps make you thirsty, that's definitely a, a, a sign of something good going on. <laughs> um, my uh, my my takeout thing is actually uh, brand new. I had not been really? to um, Ito, the pivot from East Side. Ah. Yeah, um, where they've for those who haven't been there, a restaurant downtown Minneapolis uh, changed from a full restaurant to a restaurant, a coffee shop, a bar, a wine shop, and so then a, like a, a little market. Yeah. Mm. And uh, my friend Drew was coming over for dinner and we decided to stop there and we were going to cook dinner together at my house. And when we got there, uh, they had a uh, a meatball sandwich that went out to a table that looked absolutely divine and smelled twice as good. And we were like, well, I want that, but I also kind of wanted to eat at home. We were going to hang out and and drink some nice wine. And uh, I looked over and in the market, they had all of the ingredients separately for this meatball sandwich. So I grabbed their uh, fresh baked focaccia and I grabbed a tub of their sauce and I grabbed uh, their meatballs And then I had some good parm at home and we brought everything home and then we warmed the meatballs up in the sauce and poured it on the bread. Mm. And that might've been, no, I can, can honestly say that was the best meatball sandwich I've ever had in my life. Nice. The sauce was bright and snappy and acidic. Like it had all of those notes from San Marzano tomatoes that you just love. And then the meatballs, perfect texture uh, clearly were, um, pan fried before being frozen. So they still had a little bit of crunch to them and every single bite, all of that flavor was perfect. The, the focaccia wasn't thick or dry. Like your teeth just sort of sank through it, but it still had chew to it. And we basically stopped talking while we ate that entire, uh, that entire, uh, sandwich. It was, was anything
0: else on it. Was it, uh, How'd you do the parm just over the top? Yeah, you just shaved, shaved
1: it? it right over the top. I nice. just thought that would be the, the easiest way to go about it. And I, they had a, we, we grabbed a small pizza too. And they had a NUJA pizza. Like.
0: Yeah, they had that at Eastside. Yeah. Fucking great.
1: Yeah. So good. Um, and so we, we had that to kind of munch on and then the, the sandwiches were ready. And I, man, that was all night. I was just still just smiling at the the garlicky goodness of how good everything was it was just it was exactly what you wanted like basically I got to have the quality of a restaurant while sitting in my house with like stretchy pants on you know
0: a memorable meatball sandwich is noteworthy because I think I don't know if everyone would agree with me but a meatball sub is a kind of thing that is satisfying on a gluttonous level but is rarely like really great it's just like satisfying to consume so like a really good meatball sub is a pretty big deal
1: yeah it was i i I, and i loved the whole market idea their their wine shop there was incredibly thoughtful uh there were no like we have to put this on because it'll sell every bottle that we looked at in there was like something that was thoughtfully picked and hand chosen to be in there it's just like, I love that. yeah, it was like the whole experience was just wonderful, and the staff was really helpful. I had two thousand questions while I was walking around there, and everybody answered like eagerly, and they were nice and patient with me. Uh, we had a cocktail at the bar; it was spectacular. It's just the whole experience was, was pretty wonderful, so I, I got to give them a huge shout out. What about you? Yeah, I still
0: need, to, I still got to check it out. I can't wait to walk around there and see the lay of the land. I remember hearing about it and just being really pumped about it.
1: Tell me when if you ever want to do a mandate, we can run down there together.
0: Most definitely.
1: Since my right. beautiful wife can't stand meatballs, so she'll never understand <laughs> my love of that sandwich.
0: Can't stand meatballs. All right. Uh my answer is Estelle in St. Paul.
1: Fuck yeah. Shout out to Tim Schaff.
0: They uh man, they so we last we're almost a year removed now, but last um Valentine's Day I ordered their, they did this crazy like six course brunch with a bottle of bubbles, as a bottle of cava and like just a bunch of insanely good food that you picked up curbside. So I had to bring it from St. Paul to Minneapolis. And I was so impressed with how well everything held up. It legitimately ate like we ordered it at the table at the restaurant. It was still hot. The most impressive thing is the patatas bravas were hot and they were crispy.
1: Hell I yeah. don't
0: know how they did it. I didn't have a warming bag. It was the middle of winter in Minnesota and I had to drive city to city to bring that shit home and then unfurl all the boxes. And of course, take my photo as I'm want to do. And then we started eating and I was like, damn, how are these potatoes crispy on the outside, fluffy on the inside? And there's still steam rising out of them. What fucking dark magic is this?
1: Yeah. Like physically that shouldn't be possible.
0: Right. Like how, how, talented are these people that they're able to accomplish that like those those potatoes have to come out so fucking hot for them to be (laughs) like now you're gonna take them home and you're gonna you're gonna eat them and you're not gonna be sad because potatoes don't travel we all know that
1: (laughs) they're like forged in the fires of mordor
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean here's the other thing for me when i order fries or potatoes somewhere i usually open the box in the car so that the steam rises out of the box so they don't steam themselves and they don't get soggy there's so many boxes in that bag I just went home. I mean, I, I assumed, I don't remember this, but at the time I probably just assumed eh, those patatas bravas are going to be fucking soggy. No matter what you do, they'll still taste good, but they're just going to be like soggy takeoff potatoes. They're not going to be like me sitting at a table at Estelle. And they were completely enclosed, which maybe kept them a little warm, but I don't know how they stayed crispy. But when That's I opened wild. that box and they were crispy and fluffy in the middle and steamy, and the sauce is perfect. That orange sauce that they make that you dip them into. I was so impressed by that. I was like, damn, man, these people are, these restaurants are hustling, trying to get everything. Like, hey, guess what? Now we do our whole menu takeout, which yeah. was something that was not easy for everybody to behold. But That's they like a all chef's nightmare. They all, yeah. And they all worked so hard to figure it out and to get all the necessary materials and to change their processes. So they, they deserve all the credit in the world for getting that as right as they got it and they do take out still they're doing take out right now. So if you're in the twin cities and you want food that you can take home because you don't feel comfortable dining in and you want it to be the genuine article, you want it to taste like what you'd be getting. If you're sitting at a table, that's a spot I can tell you for certain you're going to get the exact experience at your table at home as you would, if you were sitting there.
1: The bar program there is run by a good friend named Tim. Tim. And uh, I've worked with Tim at three different bars. Uh, Also went to college with him. And Mm. his love of that craft is so honest and so pure. And when he was telling me about where they were going with the food, he was using such loving terms when talking about it. It was like, okay, I know this is going to be good. And then you get there and it lives up to every single one of the, the, the praises that I've read. It's just, that place is spectacular. And, they're treating everything the way that it should be treated.
0: They're yeah. Just... I'm, I'm, I'm in love with that place. The first time we went was with Marnie's parents and they do a few different things. You know, they're doing some Spanish, they're doing some Italian. Uh, what else? There's a third thing that they do. Portuguese, something that in right. that, something in that range. I, I could look it up, but I'm not going to do that. But I remember thinking, I don't totally get it but I'm excited about some of what's on offer particularly some of the Spanish stuff it wasn't too long after we would come back from Spain and I was like okay I get it you don't have to do you don't have to be so narrowly focused if you don't want to you can just do the things that you love that are you know at least uh, adjacent to one another and they do such a great job of all of those things and that's a place actually I want to that's I you know me being a total burger slut that is really high on my list of burgers I haven't had yet that I need to Ooh. have we should do that. It looks like they make a real sexy one.
1: I have not had their burger either, and I would be very mm-hmm. interested in that. That would be awesome. For sure. I, I think that you, you just hit on something, and this is a little bit of a digression from the question, but mm-hmm. uh, I do I, – I don't know what it's been – like this last two years where I've just been more thoughtful about restaurants. Like I love trying to do whatever we can to support and whatnot, but it also has kind of exacerbated when I feel like uh, – like things are kind of a mess and when that menu can come together the way that it does at Estelle, it's, it's, it's almost like you don't realize it necessarily right away, but all of a sudden like subtly in the background, subconsciously you feel like there's a flow there and the, the, the chaos of this last, especially this last year, like you can kind of see sometimes when like things are just falling apart. And I will still say, even if a menu is all over the place, If somebody is trying to present quality food on a plate for you, it's worth it. Like the stuff that I might've been irritated about where I'm like, I don't understand the continuity of this menu three or four years ago. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm just glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're doing it. And I think that when you could do it and then succeed at the level that they are doing it, it's, it's even more beautiful. Like it's something that I don't know that I would have noticed as much. You know, kind of one of the things where like people point out when something is wrong, but you almost don't notice when things go well. Now I'm trying to make it a conscious effort to shout out when you're not just existing, but you're like thriving and doing it well. That's where I want to give a shout out. And I would love to challenge everybody out there as you're going out and as you're grabbing food or grabbing takeout or whatever, leave positive reviews. That makes such a huge difference for people. And it lets the restaurants know that you care. like you had good takeout, like, write a review on Facebook, on Google, go on there and actually say something like, shout out the good stuff. If you somehow if something really got messed up, maybe just call the restaurant and talk to them about it. Don't leave a bad review. Because right now, anything positive goes such a long way with people.
0: Right? Yeah, it's a lot of it's willful as well. Like, do you think if you had a menu item that didn't live up to your standard or something on it was wrong. Do you think they're snickering in the back in in the back in the kitchen about how they fucked you over? That's right. not that's not the way they shit works. Believe me, they don't want to raise anybody's ire. They're not interested in those experiences and those in those interactions. They're not trying to upset you, okay?
1: And so I if, would also if, I would also throw in, yeah, if you didn't like something, ask yourself, was it made improperly or do you just not like that preparation?
0: Right. Was it because not-
1: Right. Like when people like complain, like this doesn't taste like the pizza I grew up with. Well, I, I don't know where you grew up, nor does the chef, nor should anyone care. Like if, if you only like the pizza that you grew up with then go back to wherever the fuck you grew up and eat that pizza and shut up. Like <laughs> the, I always go back to the, the uh, future guest of the podcast, Tim Niver, when he got the review for Moochis mm-hmm. and he had said that it was his grandma's red sauce recipe and a guy gave it a one-star review because it didn't taste like his own grandmother's. And grandmas don't make sauce like that. I was like, "What the fuck?" Are you
0: yeah, like
1: <laughs> you took. Hey,
0: buddy, we had a believe it or not, we had different grandmas.
1: Yeah, it's how about that? And not, I don't know you. <laughs> and they don't all go to like the grandma school where they learn how to make a certain thing. Everybody makes shit differently.
0: Yeah, and- it's literally the opposite of that.
1: Yep. And no criticisms. No, (laughs) you should put onions in it. Nothing. Just, it didn't taste like my grandma's one star thumb down. Never come back. Like what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Damn man. It's a miserable existence if you ask me. Take a deep breath.
1: Right. It sounds exhausting to be that mad at everything all the time. Also, how great is your life if that's what got you so angry?
0: absolutely if, if that's
1: the worst part of your day fucking I guess good on you I don't know but either way I'm glad you're not going back
0: Yeah. if there's the worst thing to happen to you today you're having a pretty good day
1: damn fucking right
0: well fuck it let's drink some alcohol let's
1: drink some alcohol mm. oh. honey I'm dedicating this smile to as I took that shot just reminding myself that I don't have to listen to Aaron Rodgers anymore this season.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: fuck that turd. And not because I I can give two shits about the Packers stuff. He's just a piece of shit.
0: You'll be hearing him on TV. I'm sure he'll be on there. He'll be on there jabbering about something gross. What do we got? What's next pal?
1: Uh, all right. So, um, kind of going along the lines of, of shouting things out. Um, social and I guess to a certain extent even regular media love to jump onto like the next shiny new thing. They always want to talk about what's coming next and what's the really cool thing. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I think a lot of really great places that just continue to succeed at doing things well get missed because they've been around for a while. They didn't have to do some massive relaunch. They just keep doing things well. They right. don't get shouts out. So here's a second to to shout out somebody who maybe gets missed by all the cool kids. But at the end of the day, is doing really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, one, the things that I always think of when it comes to this sort of a situation and those those honey holes and those places that you don't hear recounted in, in the media and on social media an awful lot are oftentimes it is um, their uh, ethnic spots. You know, like yeah. places that just have been around for a long time, applying their craft, doing great work, and just kind of quietly go about their applying their trade and and have um, repeat customers, and they get by on that. <laughs> so, the one that I originally thought of was uh, Kiefer Court. So, if you mm-hmm. if you live in the Twin Cities and you like um, steamed dumplings and and like big puff pastry barbecue pork. Uh, uh, dumplings and things of that nature, dude. Kiefer Court rules. They're they're so I've n- good. I've never been and, there. I
1: don't even know where it is.
0: Uh, Kiefer Court's right by um, Palmer's. Oh wow. Cedar Riverside. Yeah. And it's a funny name. Like the name, I don't, I don't know what the name refers to. I people have always said it's a funny name, and I've never looked into it. But uh, Kiefer Court is located in the Cedar Cedar Riverside neighborhood here in Minneapolis. It's kind of a cool historic neighborhood. I just love that area. And they do, it's a Chinese restaurant. Um, I believe it is Chinese. There may be some other cultures mixed in. But they do like, my favorite congee is there. They do like a whole duck. The bakery is the thing that I love them most for. They do like pork buns and uh, uh, curry puffs and... Uh, sticky rice dumplings and and things of that nature they do so they do like they have a whole bakery assortment it's uh sweet and savory both but we don't have a lot of stuff like that around here and i don't know why no one talks about these guys is it
1: i'm I'm just trying to picture is it like a maroon Mm. awning with with yellow writing
0: uh yeah it's a red red and gold building yeah i can't like precisely picture
1: i legit yeah. think i always thought that was a, a coffee shop i didn't realize that it was like a restaurant
0: it sure as shit looks like one yeah yeah yep they do have like the red awning with the three circles on it yep all right uh, it's some like it's like a crappy font it's like right on the corner like angled out yep. it's next door to the kilimanjaro cafe so it's like this weird angle but dude it absolutely rules i haven't had it in so long and uh, Marnie and I were watching Great British Baking Show a couple of weeks ago and they had an episode that was I think it was like the Japanese episode and everything they made was not Japanese at all but it made me think of like these types of pastries that you would get. You'd get these types of things at dim sum a lot of the time and they're a lot more prominent in other states where you can just like go grab things like this from a bakery storefront like in Chicago or in San Francisco or something. This is really the only place that we have where you can get a lot of these items on a day-to-day basis they make this shit every day and it's really good super fresh uh and like i said there's nothing there's nothing else like it and case in point no one talks about them but it is worth seeking out
1: dude that's awesome i'm over there at least once a week i i I will 100 make that my next my next stop that's everything that you just said sounds right up my alley
0: (laughs) yeah it, it used to be cash only, and I would be over in that area and be like, fuck, I don't have cash because I'd want to go in there. And then I'd be rooting around for a cash machine somewhere, like, how do I – can I do a chargeback at Republic? Or You know what I mean? Just to yeah. find a way to get in there you <laughs> take, take home a few steamed dumplings, you know? <laughs> steamed buns, rather.
1: That's awesome. What about uh, you, Tom? Yeah, I think for me um... – There's, there's just like so many places. The first thing that I thought of, uh, when you asked or when we were talking about this was, um, dipped in debris, I don't understand how there's not a line out the door every day at that place. Mm -hmm. Like everything that they have is delicious. The service is always great. People are fun. They have cheer wine in a fucking glass bottle. Like everything about my experience, every time I'm there there. I always marvel at the fact that, like, I shouldn't be able to just walk in and get a seat here. This should be, right. if I'm showing up at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, and I, I should have to wait in line. And I would 100% gladly wait in line for that. Yeah. And I, I the other one that popped into my head, same thing, is um, Zakia Deli over off of like Industrial Boulevard, kind of um, in that like uh, St. Anthony area. They, Everything I get there is always delicious. It's the portions are huge, like I usually have leftovers, and it's always good.
0: Yeah, they do specials every day.
1: Yeah, like the falafel, the 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 seasoning in their falafel is probably my favorite in the Twin Cities. Period. Really? And it's like I'll get even if I'm feeling like a euro, I'll still get falafel on the side and just eat them straight up.
0: Pop them. Yeah, yeah it's great, great appetizer.
1: Like I just I, I and again. Everyone is always very friendly when I'm in there. Everyone's always like just happy and, and, and the food that they're putting out is good. And like, I never talk to anybody else, like the other guests, but I always get like the head nod from somebody else while we're like, you know, just horking down a sandwich and everybody's just mm-hmm. nodding at each other, like, yeah, this is really good. And I wish it was busier. I'm glad it's not because I can get in and get out, but I feel like this place should be just
0: slammed. Right. Like on a selfish level, you're like, yeah. I can get what I want when I need it. Yeah. That happens. Uh, that's, that's the dipped in debris experience where when I walk there, I'm able to walk right up to the counter every time I walk in. And I, I similarly can't understand why that is the case.
1: It's just, it's crazy to me. Like that shit is so good. Like I'm honestly, I'm I'm going to be real. Uh, it's going to be like negative 18 here in the middle of this week. Mm-hmm. And I am making my attempt at their sandwich. So I'm going to go for lunch and eat it. And then I'm going to try and make it at home that night.
0: (laughs) Are you making the dipped?
1: I'm making the dipped. I want to see, I want to see if I can do it.
0: Good luck to you. Yeah. That's a, it's a worthy endeavor. I'm not saying it's impossible. That's fun. That's that sounds like a fun experiment for sure.
1: I love doing that. Like I'll go, um, Tavern four and five and Eden Prairie has really good chicken wild rice. And I actually went and had their chicken wild rice and I tweaked my recipe a little bit to Mm kind of try. Oh, also, I got to give you a shout out. Um, I think it was you or maybe it was our guest Uh, putting curry powder into chicken wild rice soup. That was me. Yeah. That was you. Uh, Incredible. Mm -hmm. Like the sweetness in the curry powder gives like it's like a whole different flavor family and it makes everything else a little bit brighter.
0: It is the definition of je ne sais quoi. Yeah. And I picked up that tip from my old friend, Carrie. She used to do that when she made, when she made any, pretty much any like brothy thing, braised soup, what have you, she'd just throw in a heaping tablespoon of, you know, probably store-bought curry. I don't remember precisely, but I don't do it for everything because, you know, I I want to like land on a particular profile, but I do it with, I love doing it with creamy soups, like chicken wild rice soup that's got, A cream base in it that with especially my homemade curry which has like a crazy depth of flavor and is incredibly fresh you just throw in a tablespoon of that and there's like those background notes that are just like singing it's like a distant it's like a distant voice like someone singing on the mountaintop you know yeah we're like what is that it just it's so warming it feels so good
1: my uh my friend joy's uh ancestors were from ghana and mm. she was posting about jollof rice. And so I asked her for her recipe. And then I kind of just went bumbling around the internet. And I took a couple of things from a couple other uh, posted recipes. Um, Nigeria has their version of it. And Ghana has their version of it. Mine was mostly Gahanian, But I also took a couple of things from um, the Nigerian side. And one of which was I added two tablespoons of curry powder to it. And again, it is a very spicy, very big dish. And Mm. the curry, because of the sweetness, it just added like a whole nother level to every bite that I was having. It was just fucking spectacular. And then that kind of reminded me like, oh shit, I should throw some in the chicken wild rice soup. So I did that the next day. and Oh man, it's, it also makes it look prettier.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, in a, in a reverse way, you reverse engineering. It's like perfuming a rice with saffron that you then put a very flavorful curry on. Yep. There's still like that perfumed rice adds something that otherwise would feel just like, at least for a curry, you'd feel like it's absent. Like, yep. oh man, I really could go for, there's there's something that's not here that I wish was here and I really could go for that thing. That's kind of a similar effect when you're you're adding a really interesting multifaceted layered flavor profile. Or profiles plural of something like a really in-depth curry that's got like 17 different whole spices in it like mine does and you you add that and it's like perfuming sort of the background there's like this totally. entire new wave of flavors that you're you're getting in this dish that were not previously possible
1: are you uh, are you familiar with bunny chow have you heard of that dish no Mm-mm. so bunny chow is a south african staple um like a lot of like food carts will do it because mm. it's it's basically a curry inside of a bread bowl but the bread bowl is like the the butt end of a white bread loaf and you just cut the insides out Ooh, and then you okay. use that to dip in there so that's on my that's on my menu for this week to uh, to make and nice. i will actually be using the last of your curry powder that you gave me uh in there and oh, i am, still got some huh? I did. I, I thought I had used it all, and it was just folded up in a, a baggie, and I found it. It still smells great, so I'm gonna use the end of that. But yeah, you basically you just do like a slow roasted like goat or pork curry with some mm-hmm. chickpeas, and then you pour it into the bread, and then you just use the bread that you cut out, dip in there, and then you eat the rest of it. Yeah, like,
0: it's like uh, it's like the the bread bowls that were popular in the '90s, but not terrible.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I don't have to go to fucking Panera.
0: Right. yes and terrible
1: <laughs> oh hey can i give one more shout out real quick while we're talking about restaurants that need more love please do so uh former guest of the podcast diane moa uh is an incredible baker and she usually gets pretty good press when she does things but Diane,
0: i saw dude, some macarons she was making this morning right? and I almost almost hit myself
1: raspberry cheesecake macarons oh, and they're the huge f- they're so big and she brought back the key lime um,
0: oh, the crepe cake. cake.
1: And Ooh. I uh, I went and got the raspberry vanilla one from the last round. And I just want to... I, I, I Again, we're putting out positivity when we have it. I did not text about it because I was honestly a little bit ashamed. I went and bought one and ate the entire fucking thing in the driver's seat of my car. I was going to bring it home and split
0: uh,
1: it. It did not happen.
0: <laughs> no, didn't make it. Didn't make it.
1: I don't know... I've been to New York, I don't know, probably 30 or 30 times now. I've uh, been to Paris five or six. Like I have been to some incredible bakeries. I would put their baking program on par with any of those places.
0: Like, And they're doing, they're not, and they're also not sticking to classical French baking. They do a lot of fun stuff. Like right? that s'mores, uh, Queen of Man that they made last summer. Yeah. was mind blowing and fucked my beard all up. incredible Well, fun stuff
1: for anybody that that listened to that episode or for those of you that haven't i actually think that's one of the things that i love about diane the most is she's this mix of like fastidious student who's always trying to get better but also like isn't afraid to have fun and fuck around a little bit and i think when you take away the pretension that comes along with a lot of that stuff it makes it more accessible it makes it more fun Like there is a sense of joy and and happiness in everything that she makes. And I love it. I just fucking love it.
0: Yeah, she's my kind of people because her vibe is very much like pros pro, but can like loosen up, loosen the tie, loft out a couple curse words, do some things in an uncharacteristic manner, have a couple drinks, have some fun, swear on the air. You know what I mean? Like I like the juxtaposition that's, that's my kind of people. Cause that's, that's how I try to be Fuck yeah. I'm A pros pro by day. And at night I'm an amateur's amateur.
1: I, uh, I was 100% intimidated by her until the first time she came down back when I was running the nightclub, she came down for her birthday and got buck fucking wild. And that was when it went from like, <laughs> I'm not intimidated now. I'm just kind of in love with you like yeah. to be able to be because that was like on her ascent when it was like she had just got her first James Beard nomination mm, and all mm, that and to know right. that she could just like get down with some Heinekens and some Hennessy it was awesome I was like all right I I, I am now 100% fanboying.
0: <laughs> I, I admire it I really admire it because there's something to be said for the sort of athletic approach When when you're a professional football player and you answer all eight of the same eight questions that you get every week in the exact same fashion because you feel like you can't stretch your legs out the way that you would like to, I like when people can still or insist on being themselves. Still, you know, they're not like this is gonna, yeah. Because the easy way to look at it is this is gonna harm my brand, but I actually think it helps your brand. Fuck yeah, you know, if you're like I am a person, I. I have a personality, I want to live my life. And I'm not just talking about Diane, I'm talking about anybody that yeah. is like that, anyone that's like, I am still also a person in my day-to-day life. It's like, you know, Marnie talks about it. her students don't realize that she's also like a really cool fucking human being with a life that does things outside of the classroom. Because we remember that when we had teachers as kids and you know, we're both in our 40s now, when we had teachers and you saw them in public, they still were very much the teacher, They you know, crook their glasses and wag their finger at you. But I prefer modern methodology where a teacher is like, I am a person. I do. I go get drinks. Like I go out to eat. I have pets. We do shit. (laughs) I,
1: I've, I've referenced him before on the show, but, uh, I am friends with my high school principal on Facebook. And I don't think it would be possible for me to love him more than I do right now. Because he's just living his good retired life, he uh, he took a pic a screenshot of when it was twenty below here, and said, mm-hmm. "You know what? I'm done with this." And then he posted he posted that picture, and then the next five pictures were him and his wife in a pool in like Texas or somewhere, and nice. I was like, just drinking a cocktail, like hell yeah, you are doing retirement correctly. Fuck it. <laughs> Like it, it honestly, like I look back now on some of our interactions and like, I never thought about that when I was in high school, that these are all human beings. Another yeah. great, another great example of that was uh, Marshawn Lynch. I did not, I couldn't have cared either way about a running back for other teams that aren't the Vikings until yeah. I started hearing him on interviews. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I love this dude. And now I will support anything that he does. Cause I love the fact that he is unabashedly himself.
0: Yeah. He's got a great personality.
1: I'm just here so I don't get fined.
0: Yep, yeah, does that forty times in a row? That's so great. Uh, I you mentioned Viet earlier. I think that's a good one. We don't have to get into it. Yeah, yep. man, and they're always they're always doing great business, and they're opening a new location in Saint Paul.
1: Hell yeah!
0: And All those people. Great I, food, and then they don't need, they don't need to get called out on social media every twenty minutes for people to realize how great they are. But yeah. I love that, but it doesn't mean we can't do that too. And going back to not the, I
1: can't believe too. it's not busier here. When they do lobster fried rice on Fridays, oh. how is that not a line down the fucking block? It's criminal that, that I can yeah. just walk in and buy that and leave. <laughs>
0: That's that is one of those situations where I'm selfishly like, "Yep, I can get it." Like, and you know, Kim, uh, Kim Lee Curry yep. on on Instagram, as many people know her as she and I always are like, we always let the other person know when it's happening. Like, oh, it's lobster fried rice time because we're both obsessed with it.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Also, we should have Kim on the show. She's so dope.
0: We've been talking about it for a long time. She was uh, tentatively scheduled to come on about a year ago. So that's, uh, yep. let's make it happen.
1: Let's wish this one. And we're going to speak this into existence.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's drink it into existence.
1: Let's drink it into existence. Cheers.
0: I'm under the, I'm under the banyas. So cheers, buddy.
1: Man. I love that banyas. Mm. Uh, I have pivoted. I actually kind of liked your idea of the Guinness. So uh, I've busted out a surly grind
0: core. Nice. I'm actually going to get myself another can of Guinness after we render this question.
1: That's fucking that combo. I didn't know I needed, but uh, tequila and coffee, I like that.
0: Yeah, I mean I when before we recorded I mentioned that that Mr. Coco place in Vegas does that yep. they had this cocktail they're, they're now defunct unfortunately, beautiful cocktail speakeasy in one of the higher levels of the Palms Casino in Vegas, but they have this cocktail that they make that is um it looks like a fucking moon rock. The glass is like dusted all the way around with sugar or what have you. But the cocktail itself is mezcal like this chocolate liqueur and um Samuel Smith it's topped with Samuel Smith's chocolate um, chocolate stout and i've been trying to capture that feeling again of that so i was like maybe subconsciously i'm drinking guinness and drinking agaves because it reminds me of that but it it works i think that a lot of those angles have been left unexplored or as are as yet stones unturned when it comes to combining the flavors of various agaves of which the there are myriad flavors that flavor wheel agaves if you haven't explored agaves outside of just what you're finding in the grocery store like if you're in the twin cities go to escondido that's um next door to it's in it's in vivier which is Centro here in northeast minneapolis there's this beautiful agave bar in the back that has like a crazy plethora of flavors from everywhere the flavor wheel agaves have almost every damn flavor on that wheel contained somewhere from a genus of Mexican agaves, so of course you could pair anything with them. We just don't. We we always think. I think we just recess to what we already know about agave, which are the tequilas that we've always had, and we think, oh, lime juice. You know, yeah. <laughs> put some lime juice with it.
1: Where's the worm?
0: Where is it? Where is it?
1: Yeah, I you know, and and for anybody out there that might feel a little bit intimidated, um, their first when they first opened. That was honestly my first real step into the world of, of Mezcal. I went there and I asked the bartender, I like agave things. These are the tequilas that I really enjoy. I would like you to help me get better at Mezcal. And he gave me sort of a personally chosen flight and talked me through everything. And I don't think I gave them enough credit for getting that ball rolling. And now four years later, I'm obsessed and I, I have two books about Mezcal, uh, had COVID not happened. My wife and I would have been in Oaxaca going to the Mezcal festival. Like that's right. It was literally just asking a question and letting somebody smarter than me walk me through it. And once that that, that thread started getting pulled, I couldn't stop. It was too good.
0: Hell yeah. And you wished you, uh, you said to yourself, I wish agave shit before this. <laughs> no? Yes. All right. slowly, slowly backs out of room. Uh,
1: I, I'll match that with uh, I, have, <laughs> um, I have Time Hop on my phone for those that aren't familiar. Yeah. It takes a cross section of all of your social media on that date, going back as far as said social media existed. And originally I did it because I wanted to remind myself of how cringe and terrible my life was 12 (laughs) 12 years ago. Uh, But now it's it's honestly become a part of like remembering uh, all of the great places that we've been and all the great food that I've eaten. But uh, yesterday uh, it (laughs) it reminded me of a tweet that I posted, I think 10 years ago, that was, uh, I think, Method Man should come up with a tequila mezcal blend called tecal. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you, there was zero likes on that tweet. There's still zero likes on that tweet.
0: <laughs> but you let it live on.
1: I, you got you to gotta let it live. You I celebrate live my on. cringe every day. <laughs> my, my only goal is be, to be, s- be
0: celebrated. Yeah, I,
1: I just want to be slightly less cringe every year. That's the best I can do.
0: <laughs> That's, you got to strive for that.
1: just to be (laughs) the slightest bit better than your previous terribleness
0: (laughs) that's right so you can hope for uh
1: all right you want to ask the question and then pour another one shit i thought this was you oh maybe it is no it's you
0: correct you are all right well no one likes to talk about the hard stuff we've been talking a lot about the places that we love and adore and all the cool things that they're doing and the credit that they should uh, be appended let's uh let's talk about the places that we really miss that have closed over these last couple of years you know you can call out one you can call out multiple but there's there are a lot of places that we've lost that we absolutely adore and i would like to shine a light on it so we can remember and and like not make the same mistakes again like yeah we're that's why we're a major component of what we're doing right now is seeking to support places so that they don't go out of business
1: i uh i currently am going through like a delayed grieving phase for how much i missed the Mm -hmm. bar at bachelor farmer sure i had uh paul hennessey former guest on the show is one of my closest friends uh, part of that was him, but also part of it was Eben and Ann and the vibe there. Like that's one of the few places where one of my best friends worked there, and I still didn't care if he was working or not. I wanted to go there, and the amount right. of wine, the amount of brandy, the amount of cognac that I learned about simply by sitting at that bar and talking to people smarter than myself is—I I mean, there there isn't a way to quantify that, and. The food was incredible. The service was impeccable. The decor, like, I loved that room. I loved everything about it. The weird blue tape, like, different slogans that they would put all the way around. Like, I just, I loved how unique that whole experience was. And I don't know, for some reason, since New Year's, I've just really been missing being able to go there. Like, Jenny and I wanted to have a nice night, but we didn't necessarily want to go for, like, a full formal dinner. That was where we would go without even thinking about it. Yeah. And the amount of friends that I made sitting at that bar and talking to like-minded people, like, it's just a bummer. You know, like, I, I it's not necessarily that there was a single dish or a single cocktail that I miss. It was the the fact that I could go there and sit and know that whatever I was going to have was going to be incredible um, and that the experience would almost equal and rival the food and drink quality like just the experience of sitting at that bar was something that I used to look forward to. And I know that, I mean, the Dayton family will be fine, but, um, but for me, I really, really truly miss that, that setting. And I think I would say the same thing about Birch in Uptown. Um, Yeah. The food was great. And I, I definitely, I loved every meal that I had there. But when I say that I miss Birch, it's not a specific meal that I have in mind. It's the facts. It, it's the idea of sitting there. I loved the fact that that old pharmacy turned into a, a world class steakhouse, and then in the basement there was a pizza restaurant that, for some reason, had an <laughs> like a eleven by seventeen picture of Easy E on the wall. I loved that. Right. I loved everything about that. That made me so happy, and it, it's hard to not like. I wish that could come back, even though it's just selfish because obviously they, they chose to do what they thought was the smartest, but man, I, I I love that. I don't know. What what about you, Charles?
0: That's definitely one that we miss a great deal. That was our Valentine spot. Um, really the only steakhouse I've ever really, really cared about in the twin cities because it's the kind of thing that I like to do myself. I'll make a steak at home, Mm -hmm. but that spot just everything. Uh, top to bottom, the sea bean king crab salad, the kinkali thread dumplings, the all the sides, the pickled mushrooms, oh, the pickled mushrooms, perfectly prepared steaks, the beautiful like kiss of smoke that came off the grill. While Del Prado was back there curating everything like a symphony. Love that place. My selection, however, would be Grand Cafe. Uh, Grand Cafe was an absolute fucking treasure in the Twin Cities we often lament the fact that the Michelin program does not come here, but people forget they don't go a lot of places in the United States. And there, I could get on a whole tangent about their recent expansion and how silly I think it is. They're going to be in goddamn Orlando and they're not in new Orleans. I digress. Fuck off. But um, (laughs) places here that would undoubtedly qualify. The aforementioned Demi is there. Grand Cafe absolutely would have qualified. It was such a unique force in this food scene and the entirety of our nation, quite frankly. It was the oddest combination. I don't want to say odd. It was quirky. It was a quirky combination of Southern French almost Creole. like the, The confluence of characteristics that made up the conglomeration of what their vibe was their menus their their service where the little clawfoot the you know the little chicken foot egg holder the yeah. uh, amazing wine and vermouth menus including stuff that marco himself was creating it was just a very uh, unique and alluring and beautiful experience and it's I, I sorely miss it it was one of the it was one of those places where when you go there you felt like there was even though it, there's nothing theatric about them they were very clean and concise you felt like you really experienced something that is outside of the boundaries of what you would typically experience if you prepared a meal in your own home or if you just sat down to um, nourish yourself with food and drink yeah. like it was it always felt like very moving moving all those little implements around the table with the different little dishes that were gold plated and the glasses of wine and the floor stand with the bottle on ice like it just it always it just felt so like sexy and fun and cool and unique and it's a place that i i hope manifests in new form someday because jamie and her crew are Absolute fucking bosses, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it uh, rematerialize someday. But all the places I love, I look at like comic book characters or like you know comic book per- characters that have perished or pro wrestlers that have retired or moved on to different promotions, and I'm like, ooh, they're gonna come through the curtain. They're gonna they're gonna Here have comes. a they're gonna have an issue where they where they're revitalized like saffron, you know. So I I have I hold out hope. You know, I'm a dreamer. I hold out hope that so, in some form we we're able to get that iteration or a similar, like a new version oh, of yeah. the Grand Cafe again someday.
1: Can I, that you actually just reminded me of, of another spot that I felt mm. similarly about, although uh, it was on a different, it, it was attempting a different level than what Grand Cafe was doing. But um, Bar Brigade brought JD mm. Fratsky and tyler together and right. there was there was I, I don't know if this is going to make sense to all of our listeners out there but i'm, I'm going to try and talk my way through this there was a romantic side to that restaurant that it wasn't that it made a date feel more special it was literally like literally being there gave me like a romantic vibe and because I had done some events there, I knew the size of the kitchen and I knew what everybody was working with. And in a kitchen that was the size of a closet, they would put out some of the most thoughtful and beautiful and deep food that I had ever had. They had a wild boar bourguignon that was bonkers. And their, um, their bar staff was given carte blanche to try and create things and, and come up with fun stuff. And their their wine menu was small, but it was very eclectic. And it was a place that, like, when I went there and I sat at that bar, I felt like I could be on a vacation somewhere else. I could be in a different city. It didn't feel like I was just in St. Paul off of, like, you know, St. Clair. It felt like you could tell me that I was in San Francisco or Seattle or New York or Boston. Like, I just loved... That place, as soon as I walked in the door, made me forget about time and place. And I think that's what I love the most. From the diviest dive bar to the fine dining, the, the, the top echelon of fine dining establishments, if you can make me forget where I am and what time it is, that's all I want. I, I love being taken somewhere. And to also, on top of that, know that that paired two of my favorite chefs in our, in our community together, you know, albeit ill-fated for a year and a half. um, The magic that came out of that closet-sized kitchen will forever be a part of me.
0: Yeah, we're all looking for different things when we're dining out, but I think that it's a characteristic that we share and that many of our listeners share with us. And it's part of the reason I think that they probably enjoy our programming is that we do want to be transported somewhere else. That doesn't mean that we wish we weren't in the Twin Cities. It means that we, when we're within the four walls of an eatery, dinery, a, 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 a beverage palace, whatever you want to, whatever walk of life, you want to really feel like you're experiencing something out of your norm, you know, for, for, I think for, uh, I can speak for both of us when I say that I don't just go so that I'm not hungry anymore, not at the exactly. restaurant, so I'm not hungry anymore. Exactly. I would, I could make a goddamn Heggies at home if I just don't want to be hungry anymore. It actually would take a lot less time than it would to experience something like that. So of course we absolutely hold that and value that in such high regard. And it's something that you don't pay for. You don't pay for that part. At least you don't see it on the paper. You don't see it on the slip of paper that you're, yeah, they put a lot of work and a lot of money and time and effort into making this place the experience that it is. So technically, yeah, you are partly paying for that, but it doesn't say on the menu. When you're looking at the menu, you're like, how much does chicken Milanese really cost? That's a, it's a little different. But when you go to a place that makes you feel like, God damn, where am I? Uh, that's like an invaluable feeling. That's, totally agree. that's an intangible. I want you to consider yes, when you're somewhere yes, yes. You know, and you're paying for something like I'm not just paying so that I can make poop tomorrow morning. Right. I'm paying because this is such a fucking dope experience.
1: That's it, man. It's not going to a restaurant. Shouldn't be like stopping at a gas station with your car going to a restaurant should be like a small version of a vacation.
0: Optimally. Yeah. I mean, of, of course there are people, you know, I was telling some friends a couple of weeks ago that I used to have a client that told me that if he could eat a pill every day, if he could swallow a pill every day and then he would not be hungry anymore, he would. And that that's like the entire other end of the spectrum. Then, you know, I think the, the way that you or I think about, food <laughs> that's the but those people are out there that's those the people equivalent. are out there walking among us <laughs> yeah. ready to kill at any moment
1: it's <laughs> like when when, when when somebody comes to me and is talking to me and they and i ask like well what kind of music do you listen to and they say oh whatever's on the radio like i i literally get like like a panic attack feeling inside of me like wait wait what?
0: hold yeah. up though you know what the worst one is though What's that? I don't, I don't listen to music. Oh,
1: no, I don't. I literally, Those I don't even. Those are real
0: people. I think Those if people, people say that to
1: me, I just don't hear it. I just black out and I leave. <laughs> it's gone. Damn.
0: I don't but, listen to music and I don't like pizza. Those are yeah, like, am I here. about to die? You just pull your phone out and start recording if someone says that <laughs> exactly. to you. Exactly. If they say I, both, no, run. run, run, run. But point the as you camera can. over your shoulder <laughs> as you're running, just I'd in hope, case.
1: And hope there's not a lag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That is a, I don't know what that thing is, but it might not be a human. Oh, I just don't like, <laughs>
1: I, I understand that you have, you have a central nervous system and you have bones and you have muscles and you have skin, but I don't think you're human. I don't, I, I don't believe that.
0: There's no way. Yeah, man. I just don't like music and pizza is overrated. I, 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 excuse me?
1: Who cares about a taco? Get the fuck out. Just leave right now. Yeah. Leave right now. Right. Away
0: True.
1: you <laughs> All right. Me. Should we, uh? should we grab one last? shooter
0: yeah let's drink to um not being murdered by turtle people (laughs) not lizard people turtle people i'm talking about mitch mcconnell cheers
1: i like turtles
0: real turtles for sure
1: yeah fuck mitch mcconnell i like regular turtles but fuck him yeah uh all right so to to wind it up um You know, we've talked a lot about this so far today, but like everyone has had to pivot with the whole COVID world, every like the shifting sands of you never know what's coming next. Um, Mm. Who has made a pivot doesn't necessarily have to be about to go food or anything like that, but like who has shifted what they're doing that has really like impressed you.
0: This is uh, this is almost working out too perfectly, my friend. You know why? Why? It's motherfucking Jamie Malone, dude. Yeah. So we don't have grand cafe anymore, right? But we do have Paris dining club, uh, the, the weekender, what does yep. she call her stuff? She, man, She's got so, she has so many things going on. These little programs that she does, they just secured her and her little dining group have secured this really beautiful space that we've been seeing kind of come together slowly over the last couple months. And she's running all these really dope fucking programs. Um, Petite Atelier, I believe, is the yep. dining studio. Yep. yep. Weekender editions are these beautiful curated meals that you can purchase to take home. Uh, you can mix and match. You can just get what they give you, or you can select the things that you want. Uh, Paris Dining Club—they're doing like a lot of lifestyle stuff. They're traveling and trying various things from that are famous in various locales and implement, implementing new tips and tricks into their um, repertoire. I would say to seek out all of these various things and just see what they're doing, you know, in terms of like everyone, especially in the food and beverage industries, people are sick of that motherfucking term pivot. But for the people who are like, what do we, what can I do in the modern world to remain viable regardless of what's happening around us? She and her squad have very much been adept to uh, maneuvering and being fleet of foot and figuring out ways that they can maintain viability regardless of um the environment in which they persist and those programs because they were they were serving those kits out of Eastside and I don't know if that's where you still pick them up because I haven't got one in a while. But they're so good. A lot of them are things that you prepare at home but you only have to do a few steps and they're very easy. So then it's like hot and fresh and it's like you just cooked it and uh they're expanding their menus. Like they're doing I I'm not looking at it right now, but they got like a Pike Quenelle and yeah. um uh, beef wellington and uh, this foie gras pie situation like they're doing really beautiful fun stuff they're definitely worth seeking out and especially if you're like me and you miss grand cafe it's a lot of the hallmarks of those menus like a lot of the same things that they were producing at the grand cafe which you now can get from uh paris dining club that's so dope she's just yeah. Jamie's just fucking awesome yeah, so talented.
1: I think, uh, I think for me, uh, typical, like I have two answers. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to First Avenue and all of their properties. Because although it seems weird to, to say this was a pivot, they mm. chose to come out ahead of everyone else. And say that at all of our properties for every one of our shows, if you want to come here, you have to show proof of vaccination and or a negative test. And they took so much shit for that, you know, not necessarily from their day in, day out customers, but like they got picked up by national media and people were just trashing them on, on the the right side of the spectrum. And I love the fact that that they were so bold to go out there. I've only been to two concerts since all of this went down. Well, I should say two indoor concerts since all of this went down and both of them were first half properties because of that. Like I've, mm-hmm. I still felt one of them. I still felt a little weird at cause it was just way too crowded,
0: but yeah. Right. Right. Same the fact that here.
1: the fact that without necess- like without a law pushing them to do it or a government ordinance forcing them to do it, they chose to do that. And knowing that they were going to take a bunch of shit on the chin, uh, mm. I will, I, as if I needed another reason to love all of those properties to see music venues or to see music that I love. That to me was I, I, I just love them forever for doing that, like to know that the shitstorm was going to hit them, but I, they would still care yeah. more about us and our health right. than they do about what's cool on social media.
0: I think, and I think it's just it's it's smart. Like yeah. why are, why are we hesitant to do those things? And especially because they did it right away. They ripped the bandaid off. They're like, Correct. this is what's up. This is what's up. And they were very declarative. It was this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. See you there. And it made me feel a lot more comfortable, even though at times I didn't feel totally comfortable. I felt a lot more comfortable like when we went to first wrestling. Yeah. If it was a weird time, then I just pull my mask off to take a sip and then I'd put it right back on. because. But I still knew that I, the risk was much lower than it would be Correct. in a similar venue if they didn't have those requirements. And in many other states, those requirements are natural. Everyone's doing them. Here, it's been very elective based on businesses. And so, yes, I have a lot of respect for that. It, it has made me feel uh a lot more comfortable over this last uh, 10 or so months going to their venues especially you know being someone who helps care for a disabled person
1: yeah um and then my other shout out was going to be um seeing the way that yia vang has responded to the last like two years yeah like that dude and 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 i should it's not just him it's him and his whole crew but he set the, the pace car for everybody to kind of figure this out. And from doing the sort of the permanent food truck at Sociable Cider to doing um, the Union Kitchen that's now at Gray's to the brick and mortar Mm -hmm. restaurant to then also making sure that he's advocating for food that is made and owned by people of color with his podcast and with what he's doing on PBS and sharing the stories of people that always get overlooked by media. Uh, I We are so fucking lucky to have somebody like him in our community doing all of the legwork on continuing to make people be able to eat his food, but also then equally putting that amount of work into the education about why we should be chasing those flavors, why we should be supporting those places, and why we should be pushing for more diversity within this industry. Like Mm -hmm. That's just a dude I look at in awe of how quickly he took an opening and said, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can with this moment. And because of that, it's continued to to grow exponentially. And his voice, his thought, his heart, that's what, to me, that's what our industry needs, not just in the Twin Cities, but across the country.
0: Dude, how crazy is it? Think of this, in the Twin Cities, we have Yiya advocating for uh, Hmong cuisine. We have Sean Sherman advocating for indigenous cuisine. We have people like uh, Gustavo Romero sure. advocating for um nixtamalization and and like totally revolutionized everything that's happening in the twin cities and and beyond regarding like making your own tortillas and like what that means and what the process of that is and educating people about it. That's huge. That's huge. We have some like really bold, brilliant, exceptionally talented purveyors of these various crafts that are sort of bearing the flag for uh, the next generations of of food producers in in this state. And I'm like, truly uh, proud and and honored and humbled to be uh, in, you know, in their shadow and experiencing the things that they're putting out there.
1: Think about how different the world would be. Like if you were now 21, 22, 23, and growing up in our restaurant scene, you know, like it was whiter than white 20 years ago when we were that age. And to see to see the push for uh, pre-colonization food, to see the push for more people of color to own businesses, to see the push for people to talk about their own stories, their own journeys, and bringing that to a plate. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud to live in, in this. <laughs> there's a lot of things that I'm not proud of <laughs> in this world. But mm-hmm. to have what we have in our community right now, is so amazing because I think that so many other people, the next generation of uses, are going to grow up feeling like no matter what their background is, they're a part of this.
0: Yeah, that's very important. And like, there's all these windows that have been left closed for our entire existence these are things that we were incapable of experiencing previously because they were not avenues that were open to us these roads were not these roads were not paved they did not exist we've had all the rubens we've had all the grilled cheese sandwiches we've had all the you know there's a lot of i mean shit we've had great italian food we've had great you know pubs irish food what have you we've had we've had it all right but there's a lot of stuff that we haven't experienced and now we're getting our first opportunities to experience those things. And for people to be like, what the fuck is this? Like you're naming some things that I, you know, like South African dishes that I don't know anything about and yep. I should, why don't I, yep. if I don't know about, if I don't know about it and I seek out this knowledge on a day to day basis, there's, there's a problem in our community. If I don't know about it, cause I should, it should be in front of me. Like I should have the opportunity to experience it. What do you call it? Puppy bunny. Is it bunny chow yeah like oh shit i don't know what that is and then i googled it and i was like oh that looks pretty dope how come i've never why have i never seen it on a menu and the
1: only reason that i know about it is i was watching a documentary and somebody happened to be eating that and they just referenced it Mm. it wasn't about Mm -hmm. food it just happened to be and i was like that looks delicious as fuck what the fuck is that and then he said it and i googled it and i was like yo what what Why is this not a thing in my life? Are you kidding me? Like that's everything that yeah. I love.
0: <laughs> yeah we want we just want more of those educational opportunities. We want, I just want I don't want the menu at a particular place to be larger, but I want our menu in society to be larger. I want to have the right of first refusal. Yeah, maybe I don't like that flavor profile of whatever dish that is is new to us that like some people are not into the, the eating insects thing. I fucking love it. I'm down. But that's something that people are just starting to learn about, but give them the right of first refusal. If they're like, ah, uh-uh, don't want it. I'm never even going to try it. I just can't get myself to do it. Well, fine. All right. You don't have to do it, but if you want to, here are the ways that you can go about that. That's what I want. I want all of it. Just yep. give me, just let me, let me see the menu and I'll let you know what I do and don't like instead of us for, for our entire duration of our, our formative years, as we came up, you know, how many options did we have? How many different cuisines were we able to select from in this marketplace? Realistically, what was it? Like 11. Yeah. You know, when we were in our 20s, what do we have? 11 different cuisines we could select from? Because we also didn't have localization. We didn't have regionality of anything. For sure. You know, if there's there Indian, there was Indian. There wasn't like North Indian or no. East Indian. It was I, Indian. You like yeah. Indian food? Here's, you know, this is Indian food.
1: Well, it was like that. That dipshit at the Washington Post that wrote that whole article that was supposed to be satire about how no matter what happens he'll never like Indian food because it's just gross sauce on a plate and okay like I, I I think Padma Lakshmi was the one that called it out and she was like
0: mm-hmm.
1: the fact that you just used the term Indian food and didn't differentiate anything about it you just wrote off a billion people and said that their food's gross because it's just sauce on a plate. Like, the the regionality is, just like in the U.S., the regionalities in India are wild. I am usually more attractive, they're more attracted to stuff, like, from the South, because it's hotter. Mm -hmm. Like, Goanese Indian food is my favorite. But it doesn't mean that anything else is not good. I just know that that's where, like, my palate usually draws me to. But that's like saying, like, Yeah. American food is gross because it's just burgers. And you're like, dude, there's so much here, you know, but ugh, I'm never mad simply because we can't know everything. I don't think anybody who is rational would be mad at somebody for not knowing something, but it's when you plug your ears and go, la, 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 la. I don't want to learn anything new. That's when I will talk shit. Like we should have the right. opportunity to have every culture in our community represented. If it's not your thing, that's fine, but everyone should have the opportunity to make what they want and to be seen and to feel like they're a part equally of where we are.
0: There's a difference between not knowing something and refusing to understand something that you, you know.
1: Core fucking wrecked. Well, Charles, should we have one bonus shot and then uh, kind of maybe re-up the the contest since that'll be the big thing this week.
0: Yeah. Shit. I think this is shot number nine. <laughs>
1: Woo!
0: <laughs> hmm. Banez can't go wrong. Good shit. Yeah, so circling back around, you know, this whole episode, we've just been talking about these hardworking people that comprise, uh, the local, regional, national, international food scene and the hard times they've been going through. I, we know, we totally understand. We have personal experience with all the other industries that are struggling and deserve our praise and attention as well. My wife, Marnie is a school teacher. They do not get enough credit for the way that they're being treated. Obviously healthcare workers, there's, there's a, there are so many, so many people that are, out there hustling so hard that deserve so much credit and they're being appended. But for us, the way that I phrased it in our post is, food and beverage is our bread and butter on this program and they bread our, they they butter our bread. That's the way I phrased it, you know, because they, they, we, the margins we succeed on because this is a wildly successful program, the margins we succeed on the most are food and beverage. When you look at analytics, when it comes to podcasts, they don't really track alcohol very well because they choose not to champion it. So it's not really an integer that is closely followed. You but fucking what cowards! We are, <laughs> what we are able to track is food performance. And in food performance, we fucking kill. And it's because when we talk about food, people listen. Uh, it's It comprises a lot of the conversation on here. We're actually, you know, once again, how the sausage is made. We're very pointed to talk. We're like, well, oh, there's got to be at least two food questions on here. Mm-hmm. We're very pointed about that because people want to hear, no matter what background our people want to hear, laser be talk about what do you, what do you had for lunch?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People care. It's it's interesting. Like it it appeals to you. What we're eating and drinking. It's just it's at the core of our being, and it tells you so much about somebody, their personality, their feelings, uh, what comforts you, what upsets you. Yeah. So. This is my long winded way to say that, yeah, we decided let's run this program to try and like drive interest out there, like greater interest than what already exists to support these businesses. It's not about us. It's not about it's not about the contest. I don't care if you participate in the contest. Quam doesn't care if you participate in the contest. We just want you to go out there, support our friends, our family, even people who are strangers to us that we've never been to their businesses. We just need to keep everybody healthy, happy, and afloat until better days are ahead. And then you know what? If market forces are such that a business doesn't make it for whatever reason, like mismanagement of funds or something like that. Okay. That's a natural death. Okay. (laughs) Like we don't want anyone to go down. We don't want anyone to go down, Mm -hmm. but this is this is an unnatural uh, a perishing of a business if it's happening right now. Like I, if they don't have a fighting chance, if they are not able to ply their trade and get their get their wheels under them the way that they should under ordinary circumstances, like that, that's a kind of regret that people have to live with for a lifetime. Like, if only I didn't start that restaurant during COVID, and we don't we don't want that, and you don't want that.
1: I mean. I, I 100% look at food and beverage the same way that I look at, at music or movies or literature that to me it's an art it's an art that the way that music fuels my soul food and beverage fuels both like my stomach but also my heart you know mm-hmm. I, I I love that and Charles I told you this a couple of days ago I can't believe that a year ago I was running, I was running. <laughs> a fundraiser to try and help save first Ave,
0: Mm, because
1: they had been so fucked over and Congress didn't want to move any bills to help save music venues. And then thankfully politicians like Senator Amy Klobuchar stepped up and they created a bill and they got funding for all of the live music venues uh, to kind of help stay open. We we're we're out of that. It's now a year later and there's, I I don't think that there's anything on the horizon coming to help. So it's up to all of us. Like, do you want to save the things that you love? Do you want to save the places that you love to go eat? Then we all got to do it together. We all got to get out there. That's all this is. It was our way of trying to figure out how do we get the most amount of people to listen and go out and support and give praise and give positive shout outs. And then maybe they convince their friends to do the same thing. And hopefully this just gets a ball rolling and if we can all do stuff like that that's what it is none of us have enough money to save the restaurants personally but right. if we can get all of our friends and family and the people that we care about to all work together to go do that yeah we can make a difference
0: yeah if we can get them as close to normal revenue as possible even though like normal revenue is not possible but just like everything you know every dollar counts yep and you know the other thing is i think sometimes people look at initiatives such as this one, and they might say, well, it's, why should I be the one to save this business? Bro, you get you get a fucking smash burger out of this. Yeah. You're buying the, you give them the food, you give them the money, they give you the food. Yeah. You give them the money, they give you the beer. Like that's different than when someone has a GoFundMe and you need to help them get a kidney transplant because our healthcare system is bullshit that you yeah maybe you help fr- save someone's life that's pretty fucking cool too but with something like this we're not asking you to do something that you wouldn't otherwise do or making you remember that this is something that maybe you would otherwise be doing or like it's just like a little reminder like you know what maybe uh maybe leave the stove off tonight you know yep. maybe 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 six days a week or enough days this week to cook yourself dinner set down you know set down the chef's apron and let someone else do the dirty work for you because they got some good ass food there and they're ready to serve it. They're just waiting. They're waiting for you. They're standing there behind the burners. They did all the me's, they're clacking their tongs and they're ready to feed you.
1: I really hope that (laughs) I hope that a year from now, we're not still doing things like this. I really do. I love, I love the, the, the response from the public has been so wonderful. So to everyone listening, thank you so much for all the work you've already done and all of the, all the differences that you've already made uh but god damn it man (laughs) this is two fucking years straight of this like just be better like let's all just continue to try and make the smartest healthiest decisions and continue to be as kind as we possibly can to each other
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean i you know i want to choose to look at uh the the positive in all this as well like this is these endeavors are worthwhile, um, for us to like pursue, um, you know, adding revenue to these, these really great businesses and, um, where we all derive joy from it. It feels like a little slice of normalcy. I know a lot of people are still living pretty normal everyday lives currently, but we're gonna, we're gonna get back to like a real normal life. There's, there are scientists that I follow that are, really unabashed and honest about this kind of thing this particular one uh laurel bristow that i follow on instagram she constantly states she constantly states this isn't going to last forever her thing is look this is something that we're going to deal with probably forever but we're going to go from having to like very uh uh, fastidiously and obsessively track this on a day-to-day basis to something you check in on once in a while let's let's get us there okay you guys go out Get your meals. I don't care if you just go to dipped in debris and bump into Quam, and you get yourself a dipped in some of those delicious seasoned fries in a, in a cheer wine. Or if you're like, dude, I'm probably not going to win, but I could. And you go to motherfucking spoon and stable and just like, let it all hang out. Go for it. Okay. But remember it's not about winning, but you could. We're going to pick three of y'all. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick three of you and we're going to send you bucks on whatever platform you prefer Correct. to reimburse you as our way of showing thanks and a roundabout way of us supporting whatever place you supported. You know, it's not we're not like it's not self-glorifying. We're, we're supporting that place. You went there, you spent money there, then fuck it. Like, yeah yes depending shit depending where you went maybe i'll maybe i'll whatever you spent i'll go spend it there myself you know like that sounds like a good idea oh, yeah, that... i'm like going oh, out there too
1: oh dude I've, I've put notes down from some of the people that have responded right now like yeah. restaurants that i either haven't been to or that i haven't been to in a long time i'm like yep for sure saving that that's one. part of the
0: that one. yeah that's part of the importance of people tagging is that you know other people can see we can see mm-hmm. like damn that sounds like a good idea when splinter was like Tagging a bunch of people to go to St. Dinette. Yeah, oh, yeah St. Dinette's always a good idea. Are you fucking kidding?
1: And then we can have the Smashy Burger versus Bologna sandwich fight again.
0: <laughs> or just have them both. Just or don't put them both. together. <laughs> just don't put them together. I ain't playing that shit.
1: No, but I will do the half and half. It's pretty awesome. That's actually, that's the real call at Ocheval, too.
0: Splitsville, you mean? Like, yeah. just cut two in half with someone else?
1: So, yeah, I did. The last time mm-hmm. I was in Chicago, I did the burger... And then, or my friend did the burger, and I got the bologna sandwich with the egg. And then we cut it in half, and we did a half of each. And that was ah, chef's motherfucking kiss, son. Mm.
0: That's what's (laughs) up. All right, Uh, Kwam. All right. Yeah. It's been raw.
1: It's been everything. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Happy 2022. Uh, A year that sounds like a punchline in a bad joke, but here we are. And uh, yeah, we got a ton of cool guests coming up. We got a lot of fun stuff down the road. And now that we've kind of figured out how this uh, remote thing is going to work, it opens us up to a ton more people. So again, please, if you have people in other cities that you want to hear from, like let us know. I I have no problem reaching out to strangers. It's what I do for a living anyway. So uh, let's let's just try and keep this going. And, and again, thank yeah, you for growing we with used us. The-
0: we did use a guest question too. We I threw out a thing on Instagram saying like, Hey, if you got question ideas for today, we got we got some good ones and we ended up using one of them. Yep. So you can always, if you're like, Oh, I was, you know, drinking a cup of coffee or taking a shower and I thought of this this great question that I bet you guys would love. Yep. Send it our way yep. anytime.
1: Uh but again, just thanks to everybody out there for for tuning back in. We love you so much. And uh yeah, we're back to it. It's twenty twenty-two and we'll see you next episode cheers everybody
0: everyone